This week, episode 112, we go way off topic and bring up a bunch of things we didn't expect to. We talk about sales, yeah. we talk about GTA, we talk about Take-Two, and microtransactions. I swear we prepared for the show. This week in our collective heads Wanna put an old rumor to bed Stereotype that you've all heard How we're all just angry video game nerds Most of us have actual jobs Kids and families and cats and dogs, yeah This week in our collective heads This week in our collective heads Welcome to This Week in Our Collective Heads. I'm Patrick, and this is Kevin, the man with hair. Yes. Gor- glorious. I, I have glorious I have hair. <laughs> you, you do. You Thank do. You. It's, a, it's, a, it's a family trait that I didn't get, but you did. Which makes sense, because we're in different families, biologically. Right. Yeah. Um, we actually, we did, we did a, a DNA test, my mm-hmm. little sister did. Yeah. We're like 99.9% white as <laughs> like it's 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 pretty intense. It's like all like it's it's Irish and then some random Northern European yeah. that's probably also Irish, probably also Scottish, so, Irish, Welsh, yeah, all of that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a quarter Portuguese. So see, I didn't even know. That. Technically, I'm Latino. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. What I mean, percentage? This, this, what this percentage is, a... is allowed to refer to themselves as a Latino? I mean, culturally, I'm not Latino at all. I mean, we we get to kind of define ourselves. That's yeah. the cool thing. Well, and... I'm, I'm, I culturally, I'm not Latino, so okay. I, I wouldn't call myself that. I was only calling myself because I'm like technically biologically, but right. I don't think that really matters to to me. But I consider myself worldly. Is there anybody in Overwatch that's Portuguese or Spanish? I don't know. I don't remember because, like, I know, I know, like, like, I know where Lucio's from, and I know, like, Anna, and I, I know, you know, the Americans. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't know if anybody is. But if there is somebody who's who's in Overwatch that you've been looking forward to playing and you haven't, like the new player Maria, Maria, what's uh, her name? Moira. 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 That's her name. Um, if you've been, you know, on the fence about it mm-hmm. and you've been thinking about playing, uh, there's a an Overwatch free weekend this upcoming weekend. Yeah. And uh, and the Mora will have gone live at that point. So, yeah. You can try that's out. Exciting. Yeah, you can try out the balance of it. You can try out Moira if you haven't played in a while. If you haven't played Overwatch at all, um, this is going to be a weird time to do it if Moira is thrown in the mix. because. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think it may help because people are going to try to figure out the balance and try to figure out how she and everything else will interact with each other. Yeah, and it it would also be a really fun time. I I plan to try her because uh, one of the headlines that I saw this week was um, Mora is not as OP as everybody thinks. Oh yeah, which means that most of the time she's going to be OP because people haven't necessarily figured out how to counter her. Yeah, I'm about that. <laughs> So I'll check that out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's going to be 17th through the 20th on on PC and Xbox and PlayStation and all that. Stuff. Yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, PlayStation, uh, so Sony's announced a trophy reward system. Yes. But it's not just trophies. They've they've, they've talked about trophies, but well, it's... the 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 Sony reward system is something that's that's linked, uh, generally speaking, to their to their uh, credit cards. Yes. And so it's like the Power Up Rewards program, I think. Yeah, and, uh, that's a GameStop thing. Okay, there's there's rewards programs everywhere. So they tied this in. Sony's tied this in not just to their credit cards, but now it is going to be tied to uh, your your trophies uh, as well as your purchases. So purchases through the PSN will mm-hmm. count for this. Uh, scores will count for this as well, and you can earn points. You can then cash those points in for uh, for games, and it works out to it's, a point a penny. Um, as yeah. I would, as which I'm okay with because it maths okay, and you can yeah. be like, ah, oh, I got hundred points. A platinum's, a platinum's worth like a dollar. Yeah. So, <clears throat> for those of us who who really enjoy looking for trophies, this is just kind of an extra perk. It's definitely not something that you could like game the system or whatever no, no. because like just an um, extra bit of money. Yeah, like there's there's been a couple of games like the the Mayo Tappy game that was on Vita. Yeah. That was like the super easy platinum, but it was like yeah, but the game itself was like. You know, a dollar, and then you could earn a dollar, yeah. and it's yeah. There's not going to be a way to milk the system to to earn more than you put in. Yeah, but it's a nice way to get back a reward system, kind of like the Nintendo rewards did for a while. Yeah, you know, it and wasn't it wasn't great rewards, but it was something there. Yeah, and it's something that that 
like you, you you shouldn't necessarily focus on it. Yeah. But it's a thing that probably will every once in a while you'd be like, oh hey, look at that! Yeah. I got ten bucks. I think the only way to do it, if you really wanted to, and even then, I don't know how. I haven't looked at the percentages and everything. Was you can get the 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 credit card. Mm-hmm. So then you could you could make purchases through that, then pay off the credit card, and then get points based on that. But I don't know how percentage wise if that's better than like a Capital One cash back or or, or something or what the one what that I need to do more of, which is the Target five percent for their debit and credit. Yep. So five five percent that's more than Capital One and any of these others do because yeah. they want you to give go back to their store only. The the PSN uh, rewards on the mm-hmm. on a Sony. Uh, credit card, I believe, is five percent. So okay. if you make PSN purchases there, then it's the same as the Target one. That's that's so pretty, yeah. that's pretty decent. At that so point. there's, there's Target. There's, you get food. You get all kinds of random soaps. Whatever switch you get a switch. And what else is coming to switch is more Namkai Bando, Bando Namkai Bandai Namco games. You got it. I got it. So uh, <laughs> B- Bandai said uh, in an announcement they that they. Uh, were reluctant to put games on the Switch at first, and they are selling very well. And they're basically saying this was a big mistake. They should have, uh, they should have known this was going to be uh, a thing. Uh, well, nobody knew this was going to be a thing. I knew it was going to be a thing. Up to and including Nintendo. Up, to, yeah. Nintendo. Well, I think Nintendo knew that it was going to be a thing. I don't think they knew how big, but they knew it had to be the thing. Yeah. So um, did you, did you hear about them increasing production for for next year? They're going to make like. 30 million 30 or something million switches yeah so that's that's very unusual for for Nintendo they they have a tendency to yeah. to really kind of try to skirt the line yeah. of, of supply and demand and I everything. think I think that um, but the, the the Bandai news was basically they're saying that they're bringing three exclusives mm-hmm. uh, and switch and, and ports and basically everything that they're basically <laughs> everything that they're making they're gonna be like and switch yes. so that's gonna be the new Nvidia they, yeah they well they they realized that it's not doing the numbers uh, that that PlayStation is doing. All right, it's not doing the numbers that PlayStation is doing. Um, it, month to month, it's doing much better than Xbox. Yeah. So they believe that in a few years, this is going to be in a ton of households, and their their goal is to have a switch for every person, not a switch per household, which I think makes sense with it being a handheld. Uh, yeah. And I I don't like the way that they've. You can transfer your games and your profiles between switches. Yeah. I wish that you could just log in like PSN, but um, I think that they want to get a switch in every every person's hands as opposed to household. You I would like to gamers, get a switch in my hands. Yes, I'd li- if you have three gamers in in the uh, you know in the family, they want three switches in that household. Yeah, um, I think that they could do it. I think that um, Switch is proving to be versatile enough. And uh, did you see the the numbers on how people play uh, the Switch? I've not. So the there were numbers. I should have pulled this up because I, I thought I, could, I thought we were going to discuss it, but then I forgot. So there was a, a Nintendo put out numbers saying, okay, here's our here's our sales, here's everything. By the way, this is how people play our Switch. I, I love that. I like this. Yes. This is so much fun. Yeah. So I'm gonna double check my numbers real quick. But basically, they were like, you know, how does uh, uh, where is it play? Well, that may take take a bit. The, no, I, won't, I won't, can't. I'm not going to be able to give you exact numbers, but basically, the there it is. Link. Most people play in handheld mode. That's deceiving as a title. That is deceiving as a title. Uh, so what is actually happening is most people play in both right. because that's what it's for. Most people right. play do- docked and handheld because it's versatile. Because you can drop in, drop out. Now about. 30% play in gameplay or tabletop mode as the primary. Right. And then about 18% play only in TV. Now I'm in the I'm in the the majority as playing in both, but I will say I play a lot more in docked um, just because most of my gameplay is done on the couch and when I when I'm undocking it's usually because Whitney's play, playing something or watching something yeah, uh, or I want to watch a Netflix thing or listen to uh, TV show. Well, you can watch Hulu now on it. I can watch Hulu because on that it. came out this week. Hulu came out uh, in a in a get it right now kind of announcement. Uh, Hulu's on there, which it's not Netflix, but it's something. Mm-hmm. Netflix will be coming. I know it will. Um, I mean, in Netflix, Amazon, and, everything's going to have to come to it. Yeah, and it's that's that's just that's just a given uh, in the um, in the world that we live so, in. So, what's your what's your Hulu recommendation? 
Mine's Rick Bob's Burgers. Okay. Bob's Burgers is on Hulu. Rick and Morty's so. still on there, right? So yeah. Uh, Do they get pulled off? I don't think so. Okay. I haven't looked. I haven't watched. Yeah, because I, I tried to find it on. Uh, I tried to find it on there, and then I ended up having to go to their their app. Yeah. To watch it. So I've I've been watching more Netflix and Amazon exclusives, and I haven't watched that that much Hulu in quite a while. Okay, Amazon exclusives for those of you who like terrible, terrible things. Uh, there's a meteorologist lady who made a mini series called Dagger Kiss. And I know that it's hard to name things. Like, Twiatch, I, I like that name. It's it's weird. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard to get people to spell or whatever. A lot of people put an extra T in there. But um, Dagger Kiss is a series that's like, uh, it's like eight episodes. They're like 10 to 15 minutes long. And it, it just makes no sense. You have so many questions. It's it's really, really terrible. I highly recommend so, it. So some meteorologist made this show. Yeah, Tucky Williams is, is go ahead and click on Tucky Williams. Tucky Williams is, uh, is a meteorologist and an actress. And she like, she, she, Tommy was sewed this. So she, she's, I don't think she directed, but she wrote it. She funded it. She produced it. She stars in it. And it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Okay. I need to watch this. This is my thing. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it'll, it'll take you maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. We went to a, um, went to a cancer benefit, um, uh, this, this past Thursday, uh, which I didn't think about and not talking about on the show, but this just reminded me of that. Um, but, uh, it was for our friend uh, Devin Pike, yeah, which yeah. I'll put a I'll put a uh, link in uh, on the uh, YouTube and everything for uh, he they're raising money for it's not just for him but also for uh, for cancer benefit for yeah. for Dallas company and and we don't typically sh- swear on this show but fuck cancer fuck cancer that's that's the hashtag save hashtag save Devin hashtag fuck cancer okay. um, so I, I got to go there and one of the items that was was. Uh, and the silent auction was the Christopher Mim collection. So Christopher Mim does uh, movies that are in the style of really bad B movies from like the like the forties and fifties. Yeah, I've, I've heard of him. I haven't actually. So I have the collection now because okay. I, I bid on it. I and and I won it. And I'm like, this is my thing. I have to get it. So uh, it just reminded me of that because at least he's he's doing it, and it's an homage to these these kind of pulp cult yeah. films yeah and and he he knows that and they're they're beautiful in that aspect as opposed to trying to make something epic and and falling and short, which is hilarious as well so <laughs> yeah. i will ha- have to check this out okay. um one thing that i do always check out by the way is our telltale games and i will still be able to check out telltale games Maybe just not as many. Yeah. Uh, Telltale's laying off 25%, or they did lay off 25% of their staff. Yeah. Uh, Now, while that is a sad thing, you know, and I I hate to say, you know, business, business is business and what's good for business and all that, but I do like what they they mentioned about it. They were saying that uh, that basically uh, this is in no way a decision uh, or reflection on the quality or dedication of of, of the work. Uh, We've made, basically they're, they're, uh, where is it? This is the part, sorry. Our industry has shifted in tremendous ways over the past few years. The realities of the environment we are, uh, we face, realities of the environment we face moving forward demand we evolve as well reorienting our organization with a focus on delivering fewer better games with a smaller team so i agree i think that i think that telltale for a while everything had a telltale they 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 kind of uh with with the season one of walking dead they they kind of struck gold and everybody wanted Everybody wanted yeah more Telltale, and and so they were they were a really hot ticket item, and yeah. like nobody else gets to do, very few people get to do Marvel games, and they got Guardians of the Galaxy, and like they 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 were they were they were the hotness for a little bit, yeah, um, but they they did kind of spread themselves too thin, and some of the series, um, Wolf Among Us in particular, uh, kind of got lost in the mix, yeah, and I so. and which is sad because Wolf Among Us is a very good game. But because there were so many, Walking Dead got the the forefront. Uh, the uh, I really liked the Game of Thrones one. I really mm-hmm. liked what they were doing to, to talk about um, you know the other the other fa- uh, houses and everything. And I love the fact that they were able to find a family that actually exists, but nobody knew about <laughs> because nobody knows about the Foresters. But there's yeah. like so many characters. But there's uh, enough that they could put in, and that, that was a great game. We're never getting a sequel to that. Um, yeah, there, there were so that, many that, that we... that one's done. Wolf Among Us is done. Uh, 
Borderlands is done. Yeah. So like they 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 had already kind of started to focus yeah. on this, and so as a as a case of necessity, they they needed to let some staff go, which is unfortunate. But they are they are looking to, and they have been actively looking to help those people find other jobs, and yeah. they are they're taking care of them and letting people know this is not because these people were not important. This is not because their work is not yeah. good. This is just because we have to restructure to survive as a company. Yeah, they they are streamlining, and that's what I meant. It's I, I think it's a great idea for, for their business. I think that yeah. it is a great uh, thing to look into the future and say, this is what we need to do to make our games better. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate that people lost their jobs in regards to that, but I think that it'll be better for their company as and the industry as a whole. Um, but Definitely. one thing that I don't think will be uh, uh, beneficial to the company, uh, sorry, not to the company, but to gaming as a whole, is microtransactions. So microtransactions have basically taken over everything. And I know you guys are probably tired, sick and tired of me talking about it, but they're everywhere, they won't go away, and now we have Take-Two, who has said uh, that because of the amount of microtransactions, the amount of spending, 42% of revenue quarterly what is microtransactions. 35% are digital purchases, but 42% microtransactions yeah. um. is... It's that, sickening. That, that is that is a crazy amount, and they would be insane to ignore it. it but like the thing, the thing is that uh, that these these are these are elements that that a lot of us, um, you know, when when we really think about it, because like I I do I do phone games sure every once in a while sure. and for a free game I I if I play it for more than an hour or two I'm gonna throw a dollar or yeah. two at them yeah um, but as far as like full priced games. It feels kind of icky. Yeah, um, and it's it's way overpriced. I finally got into the microtransactions on Shadow of War, mm-hmm. and it's like twenty dollars just to get like to get like a big four or five crates that may or may not work. So and I'm like, no, I'm I'm not doing that. I'm now I, I'm not against microtransactions with a full price with a full price uh, game that's geared towards uh, like a single player kind of thing like Grand Theft Auto. I don't think needs it. Uh, I think that the the G- GTA Online though it can work via it has multi created yes. a community and, yes. and sustained a community yes. and allowed that game to continue selling yeah. very well. And I think that that's where that's where I get into the I'm kind of okay with it depending on how they do it. Yeah. Uh, now when it's the, when it's pay to win I I don't like no, that. That's but unexpected. when you have a pay to uh, like Rocket League is a beautiful brilliant example of it to say you know what. Uh, if you're playing our game, you like our game. You want the Batmobile. You want the DeLorean. What do you want? Yeah, that's great. I, I bought both of those. That's great. Because so, I love the yeah, DeLorean. Yeah, to, to pour that, to pour money into that, you're pouring money into a game that you like. You're not paying to win, but you're paying for these cosmetic things. And yeah. as much as I, as much as people don't like that idea, where you're like, the, it's the whole horse armor thing, because that's what started this whole, the whole, you know, skin DLC uh, money, which was yeah. the horse armor in, in Skyrim, which was, I think it was, five, uh, it was like four dollars or five dollars for. Armor for your horse that didn't do anything, yeah. But it looked cool. Now yeah, it, was, it was a cosmetic thing, and cosmetics for me, yeah. as far as microtransactions, that's where it goes. But, but in the a single-player campaign, I disagree. In a single-player campaign, I think that in that case, you, you, you're, if you're paying, you should be unlocking content. You should be unlocking. Um, uh, you know, some type of special weapon packs, which some games have done, where they're like, "Oh, you want you want these weapons? It's five dollars." Okay. Um, I will actually argue with you on this. Uh, special case, mm-hmm. Borderlands Three mm-hmm. will have microtransactions, and that is a perfect game for that because there's random loot dropping everywhere. There's random loot, and so you're if, you, add more if you want to throw, if you want to, you know, yeah, throw a throw a shot at a loot box. But that's multiplayer centric. I'm talking. About I never, like... I never played the multiplayer part, and I love that series. Borderlands beat one and two. Never played with you never anybody played else. With anybody else. I, see, I liked that aspect of it to drop Unless in, drop out. Tiny Tina, I played yeah. with her. Well, she was awesome. You can drop in, like the drop in, drop out part of um, of the multiplayer in Borderlands. I really like. Yeah. And you have to balance that that aspect of it. But uh, if you're pay, paying for microtransactions for a single player game, th- I mean, I kind of feel weird about it when you're getting random random loot on a single player game, like with Shadow Shadow of War, which is why I personally am not going to do it. But when you have a multiplayer game where you have that, that's where I feel like it, it's not quite... I don't want it to be pay to win. Uh, yeah. I should say, let, me, let, me, let me clarify that. 
I don't want uh, to see this in too much multiplayer because you could get paid to win. Or you could have idiots that spend... Someone spent $5,000 on Mass Effect 3. Yeah. On uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm -hmm. They spent that much on, on microtransactions. Yep. That's stupid. <laughs> People are going to be doing stupid things. I don't want it to be pay to win. If you want to pay for all your skins and all these different weapons, as long as it's not a pay to win to get those weapons. Yep. You don't get a ridiculously powerful, you know... Uh, BMF, oh, what is it? The uh, BFG. I don't want that. Yeah. No. Um, the the last thing I'll say before we close out this topic is that um, games as a whole mm -hmm. cost basically the same as like a sixty sixty dollar game kind of got solidified with the three sixty era. Yes. And games really haven't increased in price for the most part, except for season passes and microtransactions. They they've, they've they've been trying to figure out a way to increase revenue mm -hmm. because games are more expensive to make than they ever have been before, and the price is still the same. Some. Because you have games that are choosing. Because we we, we talked about this on the show before. That um, the pr that when they are making a single player campaign was it sixty or seventy percent of the of a game uh, I think it's sixty cost. sixty percent of the cost of making a game yeah. goes into just making the campaign mm -hmm. and then the rest was like multiplayer the actual art assets all of that yeah. so now we have games that are coming out that don't have single player that just have the multiplayer portion and they've they've cut their cost by sixty percent and they've <laughs> passed that savings on to you via microtransactions. That's what I have a problem with. If you give me a full game where it has a full a full campaign, yeah. has multiplayer, and you have microtransactions to sustain a multiplayer like Call of Duty where they will I, I don't as much as I don't like having microtransactions in Call of Duty, at least for there, they're gonna come out with a Call of Duty game and there's not gonna be a new one for a year. And they're gonna be people who play it for a year. Yeah, and, and that studio is not going to release a game for three years. Yes, so that makes sense for them to continue to collect revenue out of those players as long as it's not pay to win. Yeah. But when you reduce the campaign down to three or four hours, I have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, and then we keep we keep bringing up stuff that wasn't in the actual notes, but uh, <laughs> the the sales of, of World War II yep. versus uh, uh, in, Infinite Outer Space Fair <sighs> yep. have doubled. And it's like, yeah, of course they did, because this is what we've been asking for, and and more of yeah. the same, and bigger, grander, better, yeah. whatever. To put it in perspective, Call of Duty World War II made more money than Wonder Woman and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Because this is how big the industry is. If you give the people what they want, then they get this. Now, apparently there are microtransactions, the crazy microtransactions, and... The campaign. They're dropping loot boxes on Normandy Beach. Yes, but do you, did you hear about the campaign? No, I want to play it. You can run through the campaign. Okay. Like just if past you hit everything? checkpoints, if you hit specific checkpoints, then the Germans will retreat because you're now in a in, in a next area. Okay. As opposed, so there are people who are playing it who who will play almost the entire campaign without shooting anyone. That's not. That's not how world. That War is II not worked. how it worked, um, and I don't mean like, oh, I'm gonna cower and then I'm gonna run. I'm waiting for the AI to kill people. No, it's speed run. It's 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 speed mentality. run ish. It's like, oh, this area I know for this for this next three or four minutes, I don't have to fire a single weapon. I'm gonna hit this checkpoint. I'm gonna hide here, or wait for this guy to move, and then I'm gonna do the same thing. This is not freaking Hitman. Yeah. And uh, what's happening is you hit a specific checkpoint, and it brings up the next part of the story, and then all of the all the enemies that were shooting at you vigorously are now running away, even though they're winning. And that doesn't make any sense. So that needs to be fixed because I yeah. want to. I want if I play the campaign, which I probably will, I will play it legit. Yeah, but see, that's also a player choice. You can you can choose to do that. It's broken. But you also choose to do that or choose to play it that way. I'm sure not everyone realized that, you know, when you're playing yeah. a game, you're probably in the moment. You don't realize that, but it's it's kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, speaking of stupid, <laughs> so uh, Niantic, the, the, the company that, that made, uh, what, was, what was the first? Oh, uh, they made uh, the, the Nexus game. Um, anyway, they, they made a, a, a Google game... Um, that was called Ingress, and yeah. uh, then they made Pokemon Go with the Pokemon Company, and now they are the two announcements. They are making a a. I'm guessing it's going to be like a Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them type thing. I'm assuming so because you're gonna... it's 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 a Harry Potter yeah. 
AR game. So I'm assuming it's going to be like Fantastic Beasts, but because they're talking about wizards and, and witches, which the, the name of this, by the way, I just had it in front of me. Uh, because you're trying to make uh, become uh, witches and, and wizards and all of that, I think that they're probably going to have um, potion making in here, which means you're going to actually find... Um, you know, you're going to find plants as well. Okay. Uh, but the, the name of the game is Wizards, Wizards Unite. Unite. So I think that you'll probably end up finding uh, plants as well and then taking these different things to make potions for your for your creatures, okay. which can kind of make sense because yeah. it'll all work in the world. If they're not doing that, they're stupid <laughs> because, I, because that's just like off the top of my head what you should do in this game. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think this was a smart decision. I think that... Um, I think that there will be hardcore people that go out and play. Mm -hmm. uh, we know quite a few that will that will do this, but at the same time, I don't think it is as engrossing as as Pokemon in regards to to collection. Yeah, but what if it had gameplay? Well, Pokemon has gameplay. It has tapping. It has tapping. That's not gameplay. <laughs> I, 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 I guarantee. I like, it the, I like the idea of of having something more to do. Oh sure. Um, and then the other thing. Is that because Niantic made Ingress, because they made Pokemon Go, they have, and because they're Google, yeah. they have the infrastructure to make this cheaper than literally anyone else possibly could. That's true. Um, the other thing is that WB says that they're going to, that they're opening a new studio exclusively to make Harry Potter games, which I think that's interesting. Um, possibly. Depending on how they do it, because the only... There is absolutely potential for it, but except for the Lego ones, they mostly haven't been good. And the Lego one was the Lego ones were my least favorite Lego games. Yeah. Um, even, even less than uh, the, the Jurassic one? Yes. Huh. Less than Jurassic. That's like, it, that, those are the bottom two. You know, obviously Star Wars... Star Wars. Star Wars is the it's, best. It's Star Wars, Marvel, Indiana Jones. And Indiana Jones was really good as well. Hmm. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I think that... I think this isn't a prop... This is not a property that does not have... Um, it, it has a lot of potential, but it's got to be done the right way. Yeah. And I think that a, uh, a on-the-go game... Uh, could work depending on how they do it, but I'm more interested in the in WB making Harry Potter games because I would like to see a kind of action adventure -y kind of game. I'd like to see a GTA style open world Harry Potter where you can where you can go around the school and go, hey, let's play Quidditch. It's basically be like Bully, I should say, where you're going around the school and you can you can play on the Quidditch team and you can do like all that. these. I would like to do that. Yeah, that would be really and, cool. And you you do the you do the classes. You do and the classes and you try to stay out of trouble. Yeah, and whatever. You don't have to do every you don't have to do every class because of the way that, the, that they can structure it but you'll have specific stories where you're going through different different characters and everything. I, I would also like to see them uh, go a little bit further away from from the, the story characters yeah. and and delve a little bit deeper into the world kind of kind of like what they're doing with the live action Star Wars yeah. stuff they're actually making non Skywalker centric stuff which so and so they're gonna be making the that's the the non-gaming news I guess they're gonna be making three uh, so, we'll, so we'll start off with uh, the director of Rogue One mm -hmm. is has been put in charge of a Star Wars trilogy. I thought it was the director of The Last Jedi. Oh, it was The Last Jedi. I'm sorry. The last, director of The Last Jedi will be in, put in charge of a Star Wars trilogy. Right. Uh, which they haven't released information on, but more than likely it's going to not have anything to do with the Skywalkers. Right. And in addition to that, the Disney streaming service that everyone's been saying, why would you do such a thing? <laughs> because who's going to pay for Disney streaming? Well, they're going to have a live-action TV series. Yeah. And we, we pretty much have to get it now. Yes. I'm, I mean, I have a lot of Disney movies already. Yeah. Um, I have a, lot, uh, a decent amount of Marvel movies. I have every Star Wars movie, obviously. But um, to pay $10 a month to have all, access to all of that, I don't, I don't sports, but ESPN probably is probably going to be on here. Yeah. But if they have additional uh, unique content like this, then I'm okay with that. Because I want to see more, like... I, I want to see... You know what? I want to see uh, them take the basically the plot of um, uh, 1313 or any of that and make that into a TV series. Because I want to see bounty hunters. I want to see smugglers. I want, I want Star Wars Firefly. Yeah. Because it works that way. It really works that way. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of uh, smugglers and things, yeah. um, so uh, EA... Bought for four hundred fifty-five million, respawn, uh, 
which okay they 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 did that and they mm -hmm. talked about the the respawn respawn has been working on because they're under the ea umbrella yeah they've been working on a star wars game um in addition to titanfall 3 being yes. announced as a thing that's going to happen yeah because you know when you make a game and you drop it in between <laughs> battlefield and call of duty and it's a shooter also it's Bad not gonna work and that's that has nothing to do with the studio that is not their fault no, it's not their fault right? um but the the interesting thing about this is uh, Kotaku report. Well, Jason Schreier in particular uh, reported that um, they hadn't confirmed this yet, so they didn't release it. But um, EA shutting down Visceral was was actually a decision that they made at about the same time that they decided to to uh, buy Respawn. Okay. Because they have the the right of refusal or something with Respawn, which means that if somebody else tries to buy Respawn, mm -hmm. EA can counter offer. Okay. Yeah. Like they 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 have that option, and so that's what they did, and they did it basically at the same time as they shut down uh, the other one, but they split the announcement so that it doesn't look like we chose this studio and shut this one down to buy this other one. Um, I. I, I, I just I just want my Star Wars single player game. <laughs> yeah. And and it's it's you know, it'll it'll probably be years before we find out what actually happened, what that game was yeah. actually looking like. And and we need the the people who have been talking about it say that it was really fun and they they really had a great thing going, but it's it's possible that that, that studio and that pro, that uh product mm -hmm. was more troubled than than we knew about. Yeah. Um, and maybe respawns was coming together better, and we we don't we don't we don't know at this point. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, hopefully somebody will dig down and find out. Uh, yeah. We're we're zero for two in the single player Star Wars games, and I mean, you could play the Old Republic because it can be played basically as a single player game. It is a very it is a good game. It has a very good story, but it is it is basically a single player game. But the last good single player game for um, for Star Wars would have been what Knights of the Old Republic, which you can play yeah. on your Xbox One now. But um, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I'm pl we're playing a remastered version of a uh, what twelve year old game or something like that. Yeah, it's a it's a great game, but it's it's old. I want new. The um, uh, my my favorite part though is the, is the hitboxes and how much more obvious those have become now that we've moved past that because like it's it's clear that there is a block here yes. that I can't get inside of and that's that's pretty entertaining yeah. after Horizon and, and Zelda oh yeah in yeah. particular to, that have completely blown the roof off of all of that and they've made it na uh, made natural barriers that make sense as opposed to a slight a wall the size of the the height of your knee yeah. that you can't get over yep. Because I can get over those. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, <laughs> really good at like climbing over stuff, dropping down on yeah. stuff, killing people. But, well, not not killing people uh, in the, in, you, but not in real life. No, yeah. no, but in pretend life, I'm good pretend at killing life. people, and uh, particularly in Hitman. In Hitman, yeah. Because uh, IO Interactive, because uh, after they after they split and became independent, mm -hmm. they they hadn't really said anything about what they were working on next, but. Um, they they have let us know that hey yes we are absolutely still doing Hitman because that is that is what we're gonna do yep and so uh, I'm glad because I like the I like the the franchise I've, I've always been a fan of Hitman I thought that the uh, the episodic way that they were releasing it I thought it was interesting it was adventurous I don't think that it works for Hitman. Uh, I think, that, I, I think that as an independent studio, they might still need to do that though, because um, to to get funding out for for themselves without the backing of Square Enix, it's it's entirely possible that they'll need to do that again. Yeah. I did but, like the kill Gary Busey and all that. You had, you get to vote on which celebrity you yeah, get to kill. I that's, think that's fun. That's that's fun, and I also yeah. like the because of because of the episodic and how much. How much they packed into every episode yeah. is is like there's there's a lot more to explore even after you beat it finding new ways to do it, and from what I've seen like the the challenges mm -hmm. of, of do was, it in this particular way like yeah. they they managed to to take a limited amount of content and and expand it in a way that makes sense and is still fun yeah, yeah. so I, I I think that this will probably still work and I think that that's probably the way they're going to go moving forward. And if you want to wait for the whole thing to come out, 
then you can do it that way and buy like the Game of the Year edition, which you is can. what they have on Hitman now. Exactly. So and you can do that. If you want to support IO Interactive in their next venture, this money is still going to them. Yes. So pick that up if you're interested. I'll probably do that because I I played as much, as much of a fan as I was of it. I I played the the beta. I played the free weekend, but mm-hmm. I never purchased the game. So I'll probably I'll probably go purchase the game. One game that I did purchase twice is GTA 5. <laughs> and I'm not the only one cuz GTA 5 is officially the best-selling video game of all time in the United States. Ba-ba-ba. Which honestly does not surprise me with the the amazing single player campaign with the amazing story with the 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 way that they uh, the robust multiplayer and and being able to, uh, I know that they've they've cultivated that portion of the of the studio as much as I don't want, uh, as much as I wanted additional single player DLC, yeah. uh, which they said they were going to give us, they never gave us. I do like what they've done in regards to multiplayer and the story. The story is great. It is it is gritty and it is adult, but it is funny, and yeah. and I I love it and. As as much as a bad rap as GTA gets from from mothers and fathers or whatever, uh, it's not for kids. It's not for kids, so um, don't buy it for your kids. Uh, speaking of that, my nephew, uh, my nephew's birthday is technically uh, this upcoming week, but his birthday party was this weekend, mm-hmm. and one of his friends got him San Andreas. He is ten. Yep. To the death of innocence. I love San Andreas. It's probably my second favorite Grand Theft Auto in that era. Like I, I just love Vice City. Like I just love the music. But, but San Andreas is so immersive. It's yeah. so immersive. It's so great. But he's ten. The 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 other thing that I have against San Andreas is the the fact that you can't fast travel between the cities and there's like so much of a gap between these different things and there there just wasn't a lot to do. Like if you if you had a mission in, in some place, mm-hmm. and you you weren't cheating and like summoning a jetpack because yeah. the jetpack was fun. Yeah. But anyway, so so let us know in the comments what your favorite GTA like how how you how you rank them. So what are, what oh, yeah. are your top three? Okay, so five has to be on top now. As much as as much as uh, Vice City was my top, mm-hmm. uh, it, I think it goes uh, top. So top three is going to be five. Vice City and San Andreas, and though Vice City and San Andreas are very close, but the the uh, tone, the environment, the cars, the music, everything in Vice City is so like Scarface and Goodfellas, like the way that that the eighties work in there. San Andreas, just the 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 immersion and the realness and the grittiness, is what they took basically what they were doing in San Andreas and bumped it up, and that's what five is. Four, they were trying to take more of like a, a realistic route, more of a simulation kind of thing, yeah. which shows in the driving. The driving was just atrocious in it. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Which is why if you go further down, I'd say three, and then two, and then four, and then one. That's the way I'd rank it. Okay. Because one, one was just chunky. And, yeah. it, and and two is so much better and added missions it, and things it, to do. It, it really is. Um, yeah. I also like playing the playing the the various groups off of each other. Yeah, like the the red the rednecks and the yakuza were my favorite. Yeah, they yeah. they were a lot of fun. Three was three was great. I think three was groundbreaking because I played I played a lot of GTA two, a lot of that. When three came out, it just blew my mind. But yeah, um, yeah, those are my favorites. Um, but speaking of of uh, of favorites, one of my favorite things growing up was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And they're coming to uh, Injustice, Injustice 2, I should say. And I think that's fantastic. Um, I do find it funny that they're putting the Ninja Turtles into Injustice, which is a DC game. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a nerd, and the Ninja Turtles... Um, I don't know if you know this. The, the Ninja Turtles... because yeah, they, they, they hang out with Daredevil sometimes. Because the same stuff that blinded Daredevil created the Ninja Turtles. Yep. So that's kind of weird. Now that now that may be uh, that's writer that's writer canon. That's not the official like yeah because they've, canon. they've also they've also hung out with Batman. I think they have they have. Um, but the the writer who created them, as well as other writers and people who've worked on Turtles, have all said 
no, this is this is what the creation is. And I love the classic Raph, uh, you know, trench coat, which no yeah. one's gonna, no one is going to uh, going to mistake him for being a giant turtle. But I love that because it, it's <laughs> it's just so fantastic for, and I absolutely love that part of it. But I, I find it funny they're in here, but I love that they're in they're in this. I, I'm curious to see uh, how different their move sets are going to be. Uh, for each for each one of them because they have different weapons, but I'm sure that they yeah. have. I'm sure it's gonna be like a Sub Zero uh, uh, Scorpion thing where they have similar move sets and then yeah. they have a couple. They, well, they 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 have like their their regular fighting moves that that they got taught by the yeah, rat exactly, and then they have their weapon moves. Yeah, so I, I think that's how it's gonna work out. I think it'd be cool, but uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, let us know in the comments what you think about that, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. So GameStop announced this week that uh, they're going to do a rental service. Uh, well, announced, I say. It actually got leaked and then confirmed <laughs> by GameStop. But basically what they said they're going to do is they're, they're going to do a thing where you pay $60 for six months and you get to, you can rent whatever uh, whatever used games are available at your GameStop. Correct. And then you can, um, then you can... You get to keep the last one that you rent at the end of the six months it's, period. It's either you keep the last one or you get to choose to keep one. I've I've heard different. Well, I mean, I would guess that you'd go up. I'm at guessing five it's like, months and twenty eight days, and you're like, that's this. One. That's the way to do it. Um, I think that this is an interesting business tactic for GameStop because GameStop is trying to, um, trying to remain relevant when you have things like digital per digital purchases. You have uh, Amazon discounts and all other uh, ways uh, in here that uh, they want to remain relevant. They, they did that when they purchased uh, ThinkGeek, mm -hmm. right? So they, they purchased ThinkGeek and they got into bunch... the collectibles and toys. Exactly, and... which is which is great. I think that um, this is a, an additional way for them to try to diversify. And I think that um, I think that it's a bad decision <laughs> for multiple reasons. One, uh, I go in, I go into GameStop and uh, when I am there, I'd say probably sixty to seventy percent of the used games are ones that I'm really not interested in. The yeah. other, the other percentage, I may be interested in in uh, in picking up. Uh, if I don't have them, then that may be what I want to rent. But I think the majority of people are going to go in there and do the exact same thing. They're going to want to rent the, not maybe not the most recent, but they're going to want to rent relatively recent games. Yeah, and so those are not going to be available because for used purchase until it drops down to a point. Well, sometimes so, they're available like you know a month afterwards. I mean, well, you can they, grab they it. Won't, they won't be though. Not not after this kicks in. Yeah, there's no way they're going to allow this to happen. So I've I've, I've watched a couple uh, people on YouTube and other places that were talking about their experiences with uh, with uh, being in a game store and uh, one particular Spawn Wave. Uh, if you guys haven't watched uh, uh, Spawn Wave, that he uh, started probably about a year ago. Uh, does a lot of stuff on Switch, uh, but he. Um, I can't, he. I don't think he worked for GameStop, but he's worked for game companies, uh, uh, resellers, and everything. So he worked for a company that started to do uh, rentals, and what happened was uh, the clientele, uh, instead of buying new games, they were they were renting games. It became a very different. Um, it became a different demographic that were coming in to rent games, and what was happening was because the people were renting the games, the games were depreciating while they were out. So yep. it got to the point they they shut the they shut down their rental program like eight months in. They were like, "This is not sustainable." Well, one of the things that the GameStop uh, does a lot of times is like they'll say, you know, if if a if a you you buy you buy a new game and then they're like okay if you bring in this hot game yes. we'll give you a reasonable like you know yes. thirty forty dollars for this one so that they can have that as a used game yes um, and then you've you've got just examples of, of games that uh, you would have games that were like uh, more expensive used than new. Uh, because yeah, like they, I, I don't the remember what the game developer. It was, uh, well, developers would cut the price. Sometimes it was it was done by uh, not the developer, but by the by the publisher distributor. They would cut the price for a temporary purpose, and then you'd have a fifty fifty dollar game new, and then it'd be thirty dollars uh, used. Black Friday is going to see a lot of that. Thankfully, um, Best Buy and others. 
um, if the new game is like ten dollars and the used game is twenty, whatever it is, yeah. what they do is they'll—I think it's like five dollars less than whatever the new t- title is. Mm-hmm. So I did that um, last Black Friday because there was a a used copy and the new copy, and I was like, well, why is the used copy more? And they were like, oh, well, I'll give you that for fifteen instead of twenty. Like that's their policy. So yeah. so Best Buy's at least on top of it. GameStop tried to do some hiding things. I think they're gonna. What they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to have. Here's the rental section. Here's the rental used section, yeah. and then they're gonna have to have some type of premium section that says the these are used games, but they're not available for rent yet. Yeah. They're gonna have to dif- differentiate that in one way or another, uh, and they're gonna have to do that to to sustain it. But I think the big takeaway here is that GameStop is going to try to do what makes. Um, what makes fitness centers and gyms the most money. Okay. Which is they charge you $60 mm-hmm. for X amount of time, six months, mm-hmm. and they're banking on you renting maybe two games. And forgetting. Maybe you I, hold a game for a while. That's yeah, I can I can see that, but this is... It's a dangerous proposition. It's a, it's a dangerous proposition, and it relies on, on nobody trying to game the system, which yes. is what we do. We're gamers. So, <laughs> it's the wrong demographic. Yeah. It's the wrong demographic. And, and so I'm... I'm going to go... I, I mean, I'm probably going to get this, and I'm probably going to going to rent the games that have relatively short uh, stories that I wouldn't be able to to go through. The Call of Duties, the, the yeah, type that you wouldn't be able to go through in a single Redbox sure. rental. Sure, but I can go through them, and I can keep exchanging over that time. Yeah. Because this is not, in my opinion, I mean, I guess you could do that and you could rent something that's going to take you quite a while to, to, to play. But at $60, if you're going to spend six months playing the same game, just buy the game. The idea is people are probably going to rent a game, kids are going to rent a game, and they're going to keep playing the game for a month or two. Yeah. And then they may forget about it. They may trade it back. Whatever happens, they're going to they're banking on that demographic. And I think that, I think that gamers... As a whole, you're going to have a, a big chunk of us who will look at it and say, "How can I get my money's worth out of this?" And I'm not going to milk the system, but I'm certainly going to be going to be in there, kind of revolving door, to tear through some of these because there are games that, um, I mean, like the Lego games and that that kind of thing. If I just want mm-hmm. to play through the Lego game once, yeah, then I could go rent it, play through it, and. With, between me and Whitney, a couple days, yeah. and then go bring it back. So I think there's enough ones that are going to do that. I'm curious. I mean, I'm assuming that this is also going to work for for um, Switch games, uh, which is really cool. I think yeah. that adding that in there is really good, and I think that um, the the more of that, the the better. But at the same time, I think it's a bad decision for for GameStop. I think, in my opinion, what I would like GameStop to do more of, and this is going to take a little bit more money. I want GameStop to be more like my local comic shop. It needs to be a place where you go and you hang out. It needs yeah. to be a place of, of community because that's what, uh, as, as gamers, that's one thing that we absolutely love. We need more game, and, and there's a few um, used uh, game stores that do this, but uh, places that hold they hold tournaments to have a little seating area where hey you want to play the play whatever game you put a multiplayer centric game in there you get people to 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 hang out because yeah. what happens is they're hanging out they will they will buy stuff while they're there because you have your their eyes on all the all the merchandise yeah and doing that will really help you hold tournaments on certain days. Um, I mean, they don't. St- well, actually, no. They sell uh, Pokemon cards there too. Yeah. Why not hold uh, Pokemon events there? Freaking McDonald's holds Pokemon events. <laughs> um, if they did that yeah. as a whole, it would be great. Actually, they sell Magic the Gathering cards there. Do a Friday. Do an F and M. The Friday Night Magic, which is at every every comic book shop. If you created more of a community, I think it would really, really bolster uh, uh, their their brand. I think that. GameStop gets a bad rap a lot of times, but that's because they're trying to push sales. And you don't have to push sales. We want to buy. We just don't want to be sold. Yeah, and it's 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 a very it's a very difficult niche that they find themselves in uh, right now. And and I I I freely admit that I don't have all the solutions. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a difficult. It's a difficult thing that they're getting in, uh, particularly with the the, the digital purchases. Um, for myself, I think that if I do uh, decide to get this, I'll probably get it for the girls, and and have them and trade out, can, and then and then they can pick anyone that says used on it, and yep. they can read now, so they yep. can figure that out. Yep. Um, for myself, though, 
I think that this will lead. This could lead if I chose. I would end up gaming the system and figuring out a way to to use it that way. And I want to continue to support the, sure. the developers Agreed. and the people who are actually making the game. And so that's more important to me yeah. than being able to rotate through. Yeah. As appealing as it is, in my Slytherin heart, trying to figure out how to get the most out of this, yeah. I think that this is something that I'll do for the girls and let them sure. let them go through and let them realize that you know. I want them to. I want to use this as an opportunity to teach them how to assess games. Yeah. Because um, because if they if they make a purchase, um, you know, I can be like, well, maybe not that one because you know, and try to explain it to them. Yeah. But I want them to be able to make those kind of decisions on their own. Yeah. Like, the the biggest the biggest game purchase that they ever made was uh, was Lego Marvel. Yeah. And Lego Marvel Superheroes was the best purchase they could have possibly made yeah. and they play they they honestly play that more than any other yeah. game and, and I was I was hundred percent behind that. Yeah. But I like I like the idea of allowing them to figure out, okay, what are the things that I want to play? What is it that I want yeah. to I want to move up in? And they'll be able to go in uh, you know, maybe once a week or every other week. Well, yeah, because like, uh, and to go in regularly. There's a there's a GameStop right next to the Sam's where we do our grocery shopping. So oh, a lot perfect. of times we go there first, and then we go to Sam's, or we go there if they behaved at Sam's. And yeah, so I think that this that this is a good uh, a good opportunity to to teach them. And let us know in the comments what mm -hmm. you plan to do with this and and how you plan to handle it. I will, however, pick up the Call of Duty and probably go through those. It's probably so. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my plan. That's Patrick's plan. Yeah. Let us know your plan. Let us know. So we'll see you next time. See you later. So welcome to the. Uh, topic of the episode show totes as we join call it us. yes join us this is a community show so topic of the episode show is a weekly show where we give you a topic the previous week you tell us what you think about the topic and then we discuss what you told us and we don't say that you're wrong that's one thing that we do here yeah these we, these these are opinion based the, they're opinion based no one's wrong we want we want to uh to hear your opinion on on our topic and this week's topic was your favorite game on your first console. Yeah. And I, I, I like that because it, it kind of shows the breadth of, of the different times when yeah. people start playing. And I think that when you start playing games, it really does tend to influence the types of games that you enjoy and, and how you approach gaming. Yeah. So uh, our first answer was Karen Green, who said, Atari Barnstorming? She says, it's the original Flappy Bird. I... I've never even heard I've, of this game. I've I'm not. I'm really, I'm really curious. But uh, you know, original Flappy Bird. All right. I so mean, it, it, it just it's it's a, apparently a, a plane. You know, like she said, original Flappy Bird, but a a plane uh, game where you're evading birds and such. Well, yeah, with and a biplane, you have to. You're gonna have to. Um, I think that I, I like this. Um, I like this topic because there are games that. Um, you know, hearing someone's favorite on their first console. So it's not what's your yeah. favorite console, because right. then you can really select. But to say what is your favorite game on a console, um, I have. So my first console that I technically was technically was mine would have been the NES. Okay. I played my brother's Atari, but my memories were very young when I played. I played the Atari and the ColecoVision, mm -hmm. and my memories were really young, and I it wasn't clicking on. How to accomplish like like uh, uh, things in in Pitfall and other games. So uh, the NES was my, was my first, and I would like to say I think that it's a it's a cheap thing to say it, but the Mario All Stars is what I'd want to say there. But that's that's a collection, and it's also not on the Nintendo. It's the any it's on the oh sorry sorry Mario Three. Uh, Mario Three would be there because Mario All Stars is on the Super Nintendo. Yep. So Mario Three would be my answer, but I feel like that's the safe bet. I feel like that's what a lot of people are going to say when it comes to the NES. You got yeah. Castlevania, and you have a lot of great games on here, but I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the on the NES. See, and I can hear it. It was it was it was good. It was difficult, mm -hmm. which I think, like you said, that is what. That's what I grew up playing. So now, if it's a challenging, difficult game, yeah. I get angry. Well, not angry, but I get frustrated 
I may rage quit, but I'll come back like 15 minutes later and I'm going to yeah. do it. So I think that was one of the games that did that because between this and um, Castlevania and Silver Surfer, there are a lot of ridiculously hard games on the NES. Absolutely. And that was probably my favorite on the NES if you don't count Mario because I feel like Mario Mario is the cheap answer. I yeah. want I want not a deep cut, but something substantial here. Yeah. Um, I'm... <sighs> I'm actually going deeper cut. Okay. Um, Legacy of the Wizard on Nintendo. Um, that That is a really weird and obscure game. Uh, I thought you were going to say we, Big Nose. Big Nose is, <laughs> big nose is pretty awesome. Mm. But uh, but Legacy of the Wizard, yeah. you, you, you have like an entire family. You have the, the mom, the dad, the son, the daughter, the pet, the grandma and granddad. To pick from, I and you can I'm, you can you can pick any of those yeah. characters and go out, and they all have their different strengths and weaknesses. Like the 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 girl, the daughter can like jump super high. The dad's the one who can use like the most powerful equipment. Okay. The mom has extra health. The the pet though mm-hmm. is invincible to damage from monsters. Are so most of your enemies monsters. Yeah, but. The, the the amount of like everybody has certain items that they can use mm-hmm. so you can only use uh, Poochie to get into certain areas okay like there 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 are places that he can't get to yeah. and he can't use like the the extra boosting jumping power so like you know you can only get to and beat the first boss with Poochie then you have to take all lug all your equipment back and go and so like he's good for getting gold and stuff like that but then you know after after the first little bit then you really need to you have to pick somebody else okay. and, and take that that stuff Makes sense. um and we played that all the time yeah it was it was it was just a lot of fun and then uh the second one is kid icarus which I I have a tragic story about that one I I borrowed it from a friend of mine's older brother okay and I brought it to church to return it Mm -hmm. after we after after I thought I probably couldn't get away with borrowing it anymore okay okay and it got stolen at church and I went up to him and I was like I don't know where it went I don't have your game anymore. I will figure out how to take it. And he was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I loaned that to you. Yeah, I was just going to have you keep it. <laughs> All and the I'm guilt like, and the grief no. for nothing. Yeah, and, uh, and the loss of a game. Because if I had never brought it, you could have still had it. it. Yeah. yeah, that's a classic game, too. Uh, I, I will say that uh, I did not I did not name um, Legend of Zelda when I was talking about the NES. Yeah. Because I never owned uh, a copy of it. I played it briefly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I played it at friends' houses. The first time that I played it, I played it by myself and was given however much time you want to do it, uh, was in college. Um, and at, it was frustrating. I wasn't using a walkthrough. And it's it's a great game, but I didn't want to put that in on as my favorite because it's not part of my childhood. Yeah. As much as Zelda on the N64 is... The Zelda on the NES was not part of it, and it would be it would be uh, unethical for me to name that as a favorite when it's not so. because because it wasn't it wasn't your it's from your first console, yes. but it wasn't your favorite when you had your first console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's 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 tricky. We throw all kinds of random rules. I want to be I want to be as honest yeah. as possible here. Uh, we have a couple more mm-hmm. answers though. We have Chris White says Pitfall Two on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. It really was ahead of its time. It was ahead of its time. Uh, again, we're we're showing how you know the the difference in here because mine was the NES, his the was the uh, the Atari, um, and I think. Uh, the Atari 2600 was an amazing console, and they were starting to to push the boundaries of, of what ga- what gaming could do, and okay. the NES just completely knocked it. But uh, yeah, Pitfall 2 is great because Pitfall is very um, limited. Pitfall 2 really pushed pushed the boundaries in regards to, to gameplay and graphics for the 2600. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. Uh, Jake uh, mentioned the first console being the Super Nintendo, uh, and no, no surprise, uh, bring up his favorite is Super Mario RPG, and uh, close second is Kirby Superstar. I think Super Mario RPG is a, is a great game, and I would like more of that. I mean, that, there's a reason that South Park is doing yeah. Super Mario RPG yeah. in South Park. It's that good. And it's... it's it, it's really amazing how much is crammed into that game because you've got you've got uh, you you this is this is the only game that uh, that Mitsuda and uh, Uematsu both scored. They oh. worked together on the score for this. Okay, I didn't and, know that. 
Yeah, and you've got them and Koji Kondo all collaborating. Like, the three of those, like, have the best music out of yeah. that time. Yeah. And they work together. Yeah. By the and, way, the new Mario has amazing music. Whitney and I have been playing it and, and just listening to it. It's it's so good. Odyssey is so, pretty great. So diverse too in the in the in the styles because you're going to different worlds. Yeah. And it's kept that diversity. I'm really liking it. I'm looking forward to someday. Mm-hmm. And and Arya and Nora, if you're watching this, you know, at some point way in the future, <laughs> comment and and or actually give give me a a call and let me know but also comment <laughs> because i would i would love to know what they in the future mm-hmm. their their first console was the PlayStation 3 but i don't know if they'll remember that and so they've had a lot more time with the PS4 uh-huh. and i think that they will probably think of that as their first probably. console it kind of similar to how i think of the NES as my first console because my memories were so young uh, on the on the Atari that i mean i know i did stuff i know i played the games but yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, so we also uh, Alex uh, Alex Wooden mentioned uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. And uh, Chrono Trigger is great. Chrono Trigger is another another great game. I think that um, I, I'm surprised here that we didn't have because we we have a, a wide range of, of listeners mm-hmm. where we have uh, you know obviously uh, you know, people mentioning Atari games, people mentioning Super Nintendo games. Um, no one mentioned the N64, the PlayStation, PlayStation Two. I think Christian's first console was the PlayStation or PlayStation Two. I think. Uh, Maybe like, but we have we have some some people who you know are, are on the younger side. So their first console was ones that one that we played in either high school or, or middle school or, or in sometimes college. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised none of those commented on here because I would like to hear, uh, I'd like to hear their feedback on this. So yeah, absolutely. So Christian, let us know in the comments because uh, you didn't tweet to us or anything but yeah, come on. Let, yeah guys let us know in the comments what some of your what your favorite game was on your first console we'll see you later thanks for watching this week in our collective heads uh subscribe over here and click the bell and that way you'll know about any new videos that we put up because we put up a lot of uh, gameplay, a lot of stories from games and stuff like that, and gameplay is down here. Yeah, and you got more editorials and news stuff down here. Check it out. <laughs>